Welcome to the Crowd Church Podcast. We are an online church and you are listening to the service that we also live stream on YouTube and Facebook. For more information about Crowd Church, please visit our website at www.crowd.church. Well, good evening and welcome to Crowd Church. My name is Matt Edmondson and beside me is the beautiful and talented and all-round good egg that is Anna Cowell. Anna, how are you doing this evening? I'm great, thank you. Yeah, and I love that intro. <laughs> you can write that down. Uh, it's great that you're here because you were a little bit um, a little bit poorly, weren't you, just before Christmas when you were supposed to be with us last time. Are you are you recovered now? Yeah, I was due to uh, I was due to do the Christmas um, crowd church just the last week last week before Christmas, and yeah, I had a really horrible chest infection that knocked me out. I was fine, and then this week I've tested positive for COVID, but I actually feel fine with COVID, weirdly. So yeah, isolating, but not really ill. Wow. But yay for the vaccines, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Woohoo! Go vaccines. Uh, well, thank you for still joining us, even though you are COVID positive. And the, the beautiful thing about online, of course, is, is we can do this uh, and be... Uh, separated uh, and safe, which is important. I don't have to wear a mask while talking to you, uh, which is quite Absolutely. nice. <laughs> Absolutely. So. And also, you know, it, it's quite boring being stuck at home. So that's the goodest reason as any. Yeah, goodest reason I need to do church. I was just bored, so I thought I'd come along. <laughs> well, whatever your reason uh, for tuning in to Crabs, great that you're here with us. Uh, just so you know, if this is your first time with us, a warm welcome to you. Crowd is an online church, uh, and we just enjoy looking at things from the Bible, which we're going to be doing today. Uh, we're going to get into what does the Bible say about new beginnings, which uh, is, is, a, is, is a timely topic uh, at this time of the year. Uh, so we're going to get into all that. So yeah, if you are with us for the first time, a warm welcome to you. You can reach out to us via the website. You can reach out to us via that WhatsApp number. Uh, and of course, you can comment uh, in the comments either on YouTube or Facebook. Uh, we've got Sadaf. Hey, Sadaf's with us. Matt Cruz with us. John Farrington's with us. Hey, Nicola. Everyone's in the comments. So uh, Sharon's here. Uh, Wherever you are, just say hi in the comments. Be great to hear from you. Uh, we, we we do like to hear from folks in the comments. And if you've got any questions as we go along, do put them in the comments because we've got. Well, why don't you tell people what we've got coming up? I've talked enough already. So yeah, I mean we've got a lot of Matt talking today because he's also doing the talk. So yeah, absolutely, he's said enough Sorry already. Matt's going to be talking to us about new beginnings. And then later we're going to go to Crowd Church and have a conversation about that. We've also got some worship coming up, so loads to stick around for. But mm. uh, yeah, back over to Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I am looking forward to the conversation street uh, as we're going to be talking about this, which is great. Uh, yeah. And next week, just to because you know you you won't have had enough of either me or Anna. Uh, next week, Anna, <laughs> you're actually doing the talk, aren't you? So I'm doing the talk next week, but I'm not also hosting. So okay, it's not That's... like double whammy. <laughs> Yeah, you are, you're doing the talk next week. And uh, give people a sneak preview. What's the topic? So next week we're talking about grief, which I appreciate sounds like a bit of a heavy topic, but I promise it will be helpful. And whether you're grieving or not, it'll actually be something that's really useful. 
um, just thinking about the issue. So yeah, yeah. we're up grief and death and those kind of cheery subjects. Yeah, well, I'm glad, to be honest with you, I'm glad you did it uh, because you'd do a much better job at it than I would, uh, that's for sure. Um, so yeah, we've got that coming up next week. So looking forward to that. Thank you for doing that. And um, yeah, how was your how was your new year? I mean, it's the first live stream of the new year. We did these sort of little mini reflection mm. things over Christmas and the new year, which weren't technically live. So it's the first time uh, we're back. And if you're watching, how was your new year? Write in the comments how your new year was. It'd be great to hear how your new year was. Thumbs up, thumbs down. What was yours like, Anna? Was it was it good My or bad? Kind of, yeah, it was fine. I, we didn't do loads. We did some family days out, um, but we didn't have a big New Year's party or anything like that this year. I think it was kind of a quiet Christmas in the year, but it was nice. It was restful. Yeah. Um, and it was certainly nice to be able to go out and about and do things and see friends. So better than last year, certainly. How was yours? Yeah, so, well, again, it was quiet. I'm used to doing the big thing at New Year. You know, you get a lot of people around the house and all that sort of stuff. So I'm used to that. Um, but we didn't this year. Um, one of uh, Jen, who's part of the fam here, um, she got uh, tested. She was COVID positive. So all the plans over Christmas and New Year changed. Um, so, yeah, we had a quiet New Year. Uh, the boys, Josh and Zach, uh, they they went off to their mates. They're like, we're not staying in. I'm bored. I'm off out. <laughs> uh, and so there was me and my wife and my daughter and uh, my two adopted daughters, our lodgers, uh, so there's me and, and, and a lot of female uh, presence in the house. I miss the boys, uh, uh, but it was great oh. to be with with everybody else. And we stood in Zoe's bedroom because we have quite a tall house, as you know. We've got four story mm. house, and so we stood in Zoe's bedroom, which is right at the top of the house, and watched the fireworks from the window. It was lovely. Oh, nice! There was a lot of fireworks in Liverpool, weren't there? I noticed. There was that. the whole sky because we can see practically yeah. the whole skyline from the top of our house. It was just like fireworks. The whole thing is like a. 360 firework along the route it's amazing so yeah, yeah, yeah it was great it was great so question for you anna and again if you're uh, watching the live stream feel free to write the answer in the comments uh, for yourself new year's resolutions have you made any no i used to do new year's resolutions and then i realized that they never work um, <laughs> we cotted them. i've boycotted them i don't do them anymore I, oh, okay. my new year's resolution a couple of years ago was never to make a new year's resolution again I, because, and you've stuck to this one obviously yeah, i've stuck to it it's the only one i haven't broken to be honest <laughs> I, you know I, it's not that i don't like to set goals and um have kind of a vision or mm. think about the year ahead but I don't like to be as rigid as setting like, I'll go to the gym three times a week. Or it, I just, to me, it just always feels like too rigid and like I'm just going to fail mm. hard and fast at the beginning <laughs> of the year. And who wants to start the year failing? Not me. Well, it's very true. It's a very, it's a good, very good question. And speaking of yeah. failing, uh, we've got a, a, a talk coming up in a few weeks time. I can't remember when it is. We've got a talk coming up in a few weeks time. Uh, what does the Bible say about success and failure? Looking forward to that one. Uh, so, yes. Uh, what have we got going on in the comments here? Crew is congratulating Liverpool on the win. I didn't know we'd won, so spoiler alert. Thanks for that. Um, <laughs> Graham Jones. Uh, hey, bud, how you doing? Uh, <laughs> it was great. It was, um, Nicholas says, mine was okay. I was on my own, but I bought a ticket for an online gig that I watched from my bed with my cheese board and gin and tonic. Oh, online gig. I like that. That's quite cool. An online gig idea, with... Nicholas. Cheese and biscuits and a gin and tonic, I feel like is a very appropriate way to draw in the new year, uh, as, as they say. 
Right. New Year's resolutions do get right in. Now, we are talking about what does the Bible say about new beginnings. I'm going to let me intro the talk uh, after this little break. So uh, Anna and I will be back in just a little while, but um, I'll be back after a short change of clothes and uh, with you in just a second. Here we go. does the Bible say about new beginnings? At the start of every year, we all make our New Year's resolutions, don't we? It's what we do. You see, the clue is in the title. New Year, New You. <laughs> but what was 2021 like for you? What are your hopes for 2022? What resolutions have you made? Would love to hear them. Write them in the comments. Because as I like to say, we get to write the next chapter of our life. So what will you write as you stare at the blank piece of paper called 2022? It's poetic. <laughs> but before you do actually put pen to paper on your next chapter, it's worth asking a few questions like, what does the Bible say about beginning again? Does it have any examples of new beginnings? What does the Bible say about starting over, for example? And it turns out... It has a lot to say about this, as I'm sure you can imagine, way more than we can get into the next few minutes together. But spoiler alert, we're going to look at four things uh, that I think are important to realise when, when reading the Bible about new beginnings, right? Number one, everything has a beginning. Number two, you cannot change your past. I don't care who you are. Number three, your future doesn't have to be defined by your past. And number four, what you do today matters and it matters a lot. So with these things in mind, let's dig into it, shall we? The Bible tells us in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So the very first verse in the very first chapter of the very first book of the Bible talks about what happened at the beginning of time. God creates the heavens and the earth. And this is important because it signifies the start of time. It tells us that everything has had a beginning. You have had one. I have had one. Every situation you are in has had a genesis, a beginning. And when I moved to Liverpool, that was the genesis of many things for me. If I hadn't have moved here, I would never have met Sharon, who later became my wife, who later became the mother of my kids. And I wouldn't have joined Frontline Church here in Liverpool. So it would probably be someone else sitting here doing the crowd church live stream. 
which, depending on your point of view, may or may not be a good thing. Now, everything has a beginning. Earth had a beginning, time had a beginning, and God had plans for the earth and the people that lived on earth. He had nothing but good things planned. And history tells us that it didn't take mankind a whole long time to screw this right up. So notice that God doesn't go back in time and just redo that bit. He doesn't sort of keep going back and back until it all goes right. He lets it run it runs its course. And that's point number one, isn't it? The past cannot be changed. God doesn't change the past. So you definitely will not be able to change the past. God doesn't go back in time and start again. He sends Jesus to redeem our future. And forgiveness is at the heart of this story. So whilst you cannot change your past, Point number two, your future definitely doesn't have to be defined by it. Because you see, ultimately, the Bible tells us that God will redo this whole earth thing. It will, in effect, have a new beginning. The Apostle John, who was one of the sort of chaps that followed Jesus around, he wrote this in the Bible. He says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth and the old earth. Uh, oh, the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared. You see, at the start of the Bible in Genesis chapter one, verse one, right at the beginning, time begins and God creates the heavens and the earth. Yet in the book of Revelation written by John, which is the last book of the Bible, and pretty much at the end of that book, John talks about the new heaven and the new earth. So it seems that God's going to create this whole new beginning at some point, And we get this whole new heaven, whole new earth, and even a whole new measurement of time, which just blows my mind. Now, it's the ultimate new beginning. And for Christians everywhere, it's all pretty exciting stuff. But that's heaven and earth. What a, And that's all kind of God's realm, isn't it? I mean, it's definitely not my realm. I mean, that's, you know... You do that, God. But what about me? What about what about making this a little bit more personal? So have you ever heard the phrase, I am a new creation in Christ or I am born again? Christians often use them to describe uh, an event in their life. Right? They've in effect had the most radical of new beginnings. They decided to spend their future living out God's plans and purposes for their lives through Christ Jesus. This whole idea comes from a passage that was written by St. Paul to the Corinthian church. He said this, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Dun, dun, dun. I did that bit myself because I felt like it needed a bit of that dun, dun. So Paul tells you that if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. And in Christ, for me, is a very interesting phrase. It's all about identity. So if you haven't seen it yet, I would definitely encourage you to check out our live stream called What Does the Bible Say About Me? Because this is where we talk about identity. It's where we talk about this phrase in Christ and what it means. So if your identity is in Christ, if you have joined the family, so to speak, well, you are a new creation. How do I know I'm a Christian? How do I know if I'm in Christ, if I'm in the family? 
But honestly, it's as simple as just saying a prayer. And in that prayer, acknowledging that you need Jesus and asking him to help you walk in his ways. It's as simple as that. But as simple as that is, it also requires a lot from us because in effect, after making that prayer, what we're doing is we're orienting our life around the things of Christ moving forward. One way to put this would be say that Christianity or being a Christian is not a title. It's a lifestyle. You know if you're a Christian because you are trying to live a life that pursues God's plans and purposes. It's simple, and yet it's complex all at the same time. You start your Christian journey in an instant with a simple decision, with a simple prayer. Yet you develop your Christian uh, walk, your Christian uh, life every day following that decision. It's a radical new beginning because at that moment, Jesus deals with all of the past mistakes, all of our failures, all of our sin, the anger, the bitterness, the jealousy, the betrayal, the rejection. I mean, the list goes on and on and he nails it to the cross and you get a fresh start. God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all our sins. He cancelled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. I love the imagery here. It's incredible when you think about it. He forgives all of my sins and he nails the charges of those sins to the cross. And if you want to know more about why this is essential, there is another live stream you can check out called Why Did Jesus Die? which Pete Farrington did a fantastic job talking about this very topic. Now, let's just pause here a little minute because it's worth pointing out that whilst we may have been forgiven of all our sins, that doesn't mean that we might not have to live with the consequence of our sin. For example, if you rob a bank, you can be forgiven by God for your sin, but you still will probably be serving time in jail, right? It's the consequence of committing a crime. And the other thing to note is, I think it can be deeply challenging for us humans to live knowing that God has forgiven us. So we often carry around a lot of baggage due to our past. And that shame and guilt can either be turned inward and we become victim of it, and we live lives like victims. Or we can turn it outward and blame everyone else for how we live. It's everybody else's fault. It's kind of kind of what we see in modern day culture, if I'm honest with you. But you see, the chap that wrote about being a new creation, the guy that wrote and understood about, about the God who nails his records of charges to the cross, he also wrote this. He said, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. That's a pretty, I mean, that's a remarkable statement. I mean, remarkable when you think about it, right? The guy that wrote this, Paul, the Apostle Paul, about being a new creation, about having charges nailed to the cross. He wrote about being focused on one thing, 
forgetting the past and reaching this goal, reaching this idea of living a life of purpose and calling. He wanted to live a life of meaning. And that is what we're all about here at Crowd, about pursuing a life of meaning in Christ. So what parts of your past do you need to forget, right? What do you need to put in your past and leave there? It kind of reminds me of that scene from Lion King with Timber and Pumbaa about putting your past behind you or something like that. If you've seen the movie, you'll know what I mean. You see, when you read Paul's story, you find out that this guy had a whole lot of baggage that he needed to leave in the past. And I mean a lot, right? He was a Jew, but was incredibly zealot about his Judaism. And let me tell you, he was a stickler for the rules. We know he was involved in the killing of Stephen, who was the first recorded Christian martyr who was stoned to death. Not a great way to die, not going to lie. He persecuted countless Christians. And yet now Paul is one of them. And he has all of this shame and guilt to leave in the past. So when I say he's got a lot, he has a lot, let me tell you. So through the, fe- through the, <laughs> through the forgiveness and grace of Christ, Paul was able to start over and to find that new beginning. And after Paul did that, his life radically changed. And you could argue that the whole of history has also been significantly changed. And he found his meaning and purpose. But to do that, he had to forget the past and he had to press forward. And Paul is not the only example of new beginnings in the Bible. There is a beautiful story about a woman brought to Jesus to be sentenced for her crime. She was caught in adultery, and according to the law, she needed to be stoned to death. So Jesus tells the crowd, who are ready to see this woman be sentenced, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Everyone in that crowd realizes that they can't throw the stone, and they disperse. So Jesus, after a while, asks this woman, who is left to condemn her? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. It's a beautiful story. And we see that forgiveness again is at the start of this second chance. She got her fresh start, her new beginning. But notice she had to leave something behind. You see, too often with our second chances, we live the same way. We do the same things, but hope for different results. To quote Dr. Henry Cloud, who wrote the book Boundaries, he said, a second chance is not a repeat of the first chance, right? In other words, things have to change. Let me put it to you this way. You are not going to lose weight eating the same food that caused you to put it on in the first place. It's illogical, right? And that principle applies throughout life. Whenever we approach God for a fresh start, the chances are there may be something that he, or indeed common sense, tells us that we have to stop doing. And there are things that we are going to have to start doing too. Eat less, exercise more. Just the way it's got to work, right? If I want to lose weight. Another example from the Bible would be the Apostle Peter. 
right? His whole life seems to be full of new beginnings. I mean, it's just one after the other, right? He denies Christ three times despite swearing that he wouldn't. Yet God used Peter to be part of building a church, or the church, not just a church, I mean the church. He was part of that whole thing, right? And as the church grows, it becomes clear that Peter is not what you would call all sunshine and rainbows in his behaviour, especially towards those who aren't Jewish. So God decides to radically intervene in his life with a crazy dream, as well as Peter, it seems, gets a stern rebuke from the Apostle Paul. And let me tell you, when Paul rebukes you, you have been rebuked. Oh, yes. Peter, you see, doesn't always get it right. And he spent more time with Jesus than just about any man, which is incredibly good news for me. Right. Because when we mess up, we just need that fresh start. And Peter classic example. Sometimes all we need is a fresh start to reset the counter and go again. Maybe that's turning to Christ for the first time. Perhaps like Peter, God is working on something in our lives. The Bible tells us that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. That's amazing, isn't it? You can have a new beginning in Christ because his mercies are new every morning. Now, let me go back to the first point. Everything has a beginning. And so your new beginning needs a beginning. It needs to start. So why not start today? As you read through the Bible, you read about Paul and Peter and you read about the woman caught in adultery. They all experienced those new mercies that morning. They all experienced that new beginning, that fresh start. But it all had to start at a point. It start, well, so why not start today? New beginnings can start right now because what you do today, what decisions you make today matter a lot. One thing is definitely for sure. This year, we will face times when we need a new beginning. We will face times of uncertainty and we will face times of change. Some of those things will be in our control. Some of them won't. I do know for absolute certainty that whatever we face, whatever challenges, whatever change that comes, whatever new beginnings we may need, no matter how hard God is with us during those times. He never leaves us and he never forsakes us. And today, right now, we can trust that. We can put our faith in Christ, that he is with us, that he is for us, and that we can be set free from the past. We can put it behind us. We can strive on to a future that is free of it and chase that goal and that calling of Christ. I don't know about you, but for me, it's great to remember this as we start the new year. Wow, thanks for that, Matt. I mean, there's loads of really great stuff in there that is really good to remember as we start this new year. And um, we'll get into discussing that in a few minutes when we go to Conversation Street. So do start thinking about it and posting your questions or comments now. Um, but first, we just want to have a moment of worship and reflection. So we're going to play a song. Um, it's called King of My Heart. 
Um, we just want you to take a few moments of quiet, maybe just read the words, sing along if you want to, but just use this as a moment to just quieten yourself and think and perhaps see if there's anything God wants to speak to you. Okay. You are 
Well, welcome back. Love, 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 love. That song. Uh, not going to lie, it's one of my favourite worship songs at the moment. Uh, uh, you are good. You're never going to let me down. All that sort of good stuff. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into the talk. Uh, I've changed again, just, you know, because I can. Um, <laughs> for continuity, obviously. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, and so we're going to get into the questions which are coming through, uh, both on Facebook and YouTube, uh, wherever you're watching from. Uh, if you have any questions or comments about the talk, please do put them in the comments below. Uh, as Anna and I are going to get into all of this. What does the Bible say about new beginnings? Miss Anna, what, uh, it's an interesting question, isn't it? What does the Bible say about new beginnings? What's your default? If I just came to you and said to you, what does the Bible say now about new beginnings? What would what would be the sort of the standard thing that just sort of pops into your head, your default thinking, if you like? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think that the first thing that pops into my head is that they're available and they're available for everyone. I mean, that's the heart of the Christian message, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So yeah, just that new beginning is really possible and yeah, it doesn't matter who you are, you can have a new beginning. Yeah. 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 It's fascinating, isn't it? It's, it's, um, I've, I've, you, when you think about new beginnings, I think there are severities of new beginnings, aren't there? There are some things, um, you know, like new year's resolutions, you know, go we've to the gym three years. We've, we've talked about that, but it's, 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 um, it's, it's sort of, it's not as severe as saying, um, I don't know. I have lived this particular life, say a life of crime. Let's go totally the opposite direction. And I want to start again and I want to start afresh and I want a new beginning from this point on where I, I don't do that. And so I think there, there are severities on there. There are different degrees of new beginnings that people want. Um, but I like what you said there, that it, and I, I think it's true. It doesn't matter where you are on that spectrum; they're available, and they're available to all. Um, but one of the questions that came through from Jeff, uh, which I actually think is Sadaf, I could be wrong. Um, I, I, I don't know who's using whose YouTube account. I just uh, anyway, um, and they say starting again and doing things different, not letting your past define you, sounds a bit like a self-help book. How is the message of the gospel different to the other try again messages of the world? Which I think is a phenomenal question. Yeah, um, a really good question. Yeah, I, and I think it's 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 important because actually, um, a lot of what we talk about in with new beginnings can come across as a bit self helpy. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, you, yeah. Anthony Robbins could have told me that, or whoever your self help guru is, I don't know. Um, so, how is the gospel? Uh, how is the message of the gospel different to the other sort of try again messages? How would how would you answer that? I mean, for me at the core, the main difference is that um, change and uh, new beginnings that um, yeah that are available. It's like the way they happen. So for me, it's like if they if they're based on the work of Jesus rather than self effort, mm. that's the difference. Like. Um, New beginnings with Jesus are all based on what he does and on his work to do what you can't, which mm. is change yourself. Um, and, and yeah, that's the defining difference. I think all of the self-help is about try harder, mm. different versions of try harder, do it yourself. I mean, that, it's literally in the title, isn't it? Self-help. Yeah. But, but like when you talk about faith, it's not about self-help. It's about God's help. Um, you know, having tried various forms of self-help, I know what I prefer, God's help every time, <laughs> over my own help. 
Thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. And it, and Sadas put in the comments, it was Jeff that asked the question. Uh, uh, so she was just so just clarifying. And uh, Jeff Walcom uh, is great that you're here. Um, and I think I think you're right. I think it's a fascinating one, isn't it? Because you, I think a lot of um, a lot of the principles of Christianity, you can take God out of the principles, but the principles still remain the same, right? You, you can have a new beginning. You can have a fresh start. Um, but like you say, self help, trying to do it yourself. This is why, coming back to the New Year's resolution conversation, 80% of them have failed by the end of the first month, right? Because it, it's all down to your willpower, isn't it? It's all down to your staying power to do it. Um, and I think whilst maybe you can change with effort how many times you go to the gym, what you can't change is um, is what Paul talked about, isn't it? That, that inward person where Christ takes your sin and nails it to the cross. You can't change that that um that need inside of you to be this new creation you can't bring yourself you can't give yourself new life or new birth which is like you say the heart of the christian right. message you can't give yourself forgiveness uh, that it can only come from god i mean you can forgive yourself but yeah. you can't it's not like you can play god and extend forgiveness maybe where it, and so all of those yeah. things come from christ and so i think if you are planning on starting again and I think that's an important question because it's an important answer. It's not about, it's not about willpower necessarily. It's not about self-effort. It's about the grace of God, like you said, and the, and I think the life of Christ in you doing stuff in and through you that you don't have the power to do by yourself. Mm. And actually, Mark, when you talk about things like not just, you know, getting a bit more buff at the gym at the start of the new year, but actually who you are as a person and how you want to change. Like, I want to become a more loving, selfless wife and mother. And I kind of, I can't do that for myself. It's about mm. those things that only God can do for you. Because mm. actually, however hard I try, I can't really be a different person to who I am. I can maybe change like 1-2%, but I'm never fundamentally going to change from being someone who just always defaults back to like mm. my own self-centeredness because that's kind of how we all are as human beings and we can't change our humanness and our um weaknesses yeah. very much i know we can improve ourselves a bit but yeah there's there's just so there's such a limit to actually when you get to the really deep stuff that you can't really change yourself yeah, no, it's very true. And I mean, I, I, I'm reminded, uh, we, I took, touched on it a little bit, you know, where Paul talks about um, the one thing that I do, one of my favourite verses. That I just yeah. Let's just distill this down to one thing that I do. I forget the past and I press on towards the upward call of Christ Jesus. And it's like, I, I, I refuse to be defined or held back by my past. And let's say Paul's past was, you know, it wasn't filled with good stuff. Mm. Let's just put it that way. Um but my whole life, my whole purpose now is to press on for this goal, the upward call, the upward goal of Christ's calling, isn't it? And all that sort of stuff. It's like, well, in essence, what he's saying is Christ has a plan. Jesus has a plan for me. And my life is to now pursue that. And I can't do that if I'm tethered to my past. And the mm -hmm. only person, according to Paul, who can break the tether from your past is Christ. Right. And it, and that I've I've. I've Good luck trying it without him. That's all I'm saying. Uh, it's um, it is self help, and it becomes, but it becomes problematic because you're limited in your own power. You're limited in your own capabilities, and there are some things that only God can do. 
uh, and there are some slates that only he can wipe clean. So I hope that's answered your question, Jeff. I feel that was a very good question. Yeah, it was a really good question. We yeah, went yeah. straight deep there, didn't we? Straight, no messing. Yeah, straight <laughs> into the core. Bam. There you go. We could just, what's that, that mic drop thing? Um, <laughs> so one of the questions that um, came in, what, what do you think, Anna, the Bible says about change and transition so we, we've got new beginnings do you know what i mean and the obvious one that we talked about is the new beginning of becoming a, a christian right starting again new creation blah 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 um but what about as a christian have you ever had to manage change and transition of things ha- and how, how have you done that yeah i mean i think whether you're a christian or not i think we all constantly manage change and transition don't we like life is just full of changes and I know Mm. we're transitioning to a new sort of season a new year at the moment we're hopefully transitioning out of a period where we've just been um quite limited and are socializing for a long time because of covid and hopefully we're starting to transition out of that now fingers crossed um because that always works yeah fingers crossed always (laughs) works um it's very british not self-help not god's help fingers crossed um (laughs) ignore that people um but yeah i i, I don't know i you know this i think life is just full of seasons isn't it so we're constantly mm. transitioning which you know last week i transitioned back to work after two weeks off for christmas my little boy transitioned back to school mm. for another term you know it's i think life is just constantly full of small transitions and then obviously mm. there's some bigger ones like change of job or moving to a new area and lots of bigger changes that we go through as well and I think yeah life's full of like new starts new beginnings transitions and I I think um yeah it it, you know it God can sort of support us and help us with all of those Yeah. yeah yeah I think I think it's a great question because I think um, I was talking to Dan Pryor earlier on we went for a little walk which is lovely uh Dan if you're watching good afternoon um and we were talking about uh, there are some people um, that he that he knows who are having a hard time managing change. They don't like change. And I've heard this phrase a lot that, you know, people don't like change. They don't like to. Uh, and I think it's a true statement. And I and I, I understand it. You know, there's comfort and security in things not changing. Um, but then I'm all I'm always reminded of that phrase that stagnant water stinks. And that, the, you know, life comes when water flows and it moves and, the, you know, it seems like God's created it where the rivers move and, the you know, the, the seas and the oceans move and all that sort of stuff. And you kind of think, well, life in some respects is, is, is like that, that there has to be change. Um, there has to be movement. Do you know what I mean? And, and, yeah. um, and not resting on, on where we're at. I think that when when I when I think about Paul forgetting the past and pressing forward, that whole idea of pressing forward just implies change. Do you know what I mean? It's that constant, yeah. you know, I'm pressing forward. There's this change. There's this adapting. There's this sort of movement going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think you're right. I think there's many many periods of change and transition, and I think that's a good thing. And I think it's a godly yeah. thing. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I think if you think about life as a it helps me to think of life more as a journey rather than like it's so easy to talk about like life like it's a destination like there's a certain mm. destination point that, that we'll get to like when I'm married or when I've earned so much money or you know like we mm. quite often I think in our culture can think about destination points we want to get to and that's the end of the journey and actually 
what I've realized is that whatever destination point I set myself, like starting this business or getting this job or getting married or having a family or whatever it is, mm. that actually once you get to that destination, you realize it's just another stopping point on the journey. Like, yeah. you know, there's no, there's no end point, I don't think, at which you get to in life. Even talking to older people where it's like, oh, I've kind of, I've got there now. I've like finished, you know, you, like life is a journey, isn't it? Mm. And there's lots of points along the journey at which you might stop and mm. pause and catch your breath and then you're off again. And yeah. it, it's like more of a, yeah, I just find that quite a helpful analogy of life. It's more of mm. a journey than a kind of clear kind of start and end point, like a race, you mm. know, with a clear start and finish line. Um, yeah. No, I totally agree. I think it's right. It's it's all about the journey. And I think I think the thing for me about being a Christian with that managing change and transition uh, and living this life, this journey, is that actually God is with you through it um, mm. and that you can rest in him and you can pray and you can hear him and he does promise to guide you and lead you. And that takes, I mean, we talk about this a little bit when we talk about failure and success, but it takes, I think it takes the pressure off because I think God can handle my failure. Do you know what I mean? I, I'm not going to get it perfect. And I think God's big enough to cope with it. And that's fine. Yeah. So the change in the transition, I can do it in the full assurance that God is with me and that God keeps me and my family. Yeah. And, and that's awesome. You know, uh, Jeff, who's back in the comments again, transitions can take time. Uh, yes, they can. Uh, how can we as Christians help and support each other through different stages of our faith journey? He's on fire tonight, isn't he? He's full of big questions. Jeff just needs to come back every week and just ask the question. <laughs> he? So how can we support each other as Christians through different stages of our journey? Mm. So I guess what, what have, you know, when you've had to, when things have changed, when things have progressed and moved, what are some of the, the things that you remember um, people doing for you that really helped you? I think um, one of the best things for me is like just meeting with um, a couple of other Christian friends and being able to talk three things and pray together, mm-hmm. just like in a small group, like maybe three or four of us, and just to be able to say, guys, this is going on. I'm thinking through these options. Can we pray about this? I really want to hear God. And can you pray for me too? Um see if you can hear God for me as well. Mm. And um, that for me is probably one of the biggest things that yeah. I, I don't feel like I'm trying to work it all out on my own, that actually I can hear God and also other people can encourage me and they can mm. hear God on my behalf as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a good what answer. What about you? What do you think? I think, I think you're right. I think there's, I remember... I can think of all kinds of examples. Do you know what I mean? Like um, when I had the accident that nearly took my hand off, um, mm. the people prayed for you, and, and and but they did things like they came round with um, food. You know, like when we mm. were uh, just had babies, we we were put on a food rotor, and people delivered food to our house. Brilliant, amazing, lovely, wonderful. Yeah, super practical. Um, you know, super practical. People gave money to us when I couldn't work. Do you know what I mean? There's all kinds of things that people have done. They sort of saw a need and went. Practically, what can I do here to help solve this problem? I think one of the things that I've learned, uh, having having talked to a lot of people going through change uh, and transition, or you know, there's something going on, and you you have the I don't know if you're the same as me, Anna. Maybe maybe it's just my brain and how my brain works. But I have these conversations, and I think I can see the answer. I know exactly what you need to do. You need to do X, Y, and Z. 
right? And I and as they're talking, I'm like, if you just did that, life would be fine, right? Yeah. Uh, and you do this. I think you do this a lot, especially as a parent, you know, and you, and you see kids processing stuff, and you're like, but if you yeah. just do this. And so one of the things um, I've learned when other people are going through change and transition is not is is to keep my mouth stum. Do you, do you know what I mean? To not yeah. actually just offer the answers straight away and go blah, blah. because I think sometimes through change, you know, the the when life changes, when transition is happening, there's a real beauty in learning how to wrestle with God and how to hear God mm-hmm. in those situations. That actually, I think sometimes it's. It's easy to go, well, you pray for me and tell me what God's saying because um, I need your help and your guidance, which is good. Yeah. And, you know, it's biblical to seek the counsel of other people. Um, but in the midst of that, I, there is something about hearing God. Do you know what I mean? And, mm. and, and figuring that out. I don't know if that if yeah. that actually makes any sense. Yeah. And I think I think you're right. And I think one of um, a, a really useful way to do that, I think, is to ask questions you know, like, I'm a bit like you, like, if I know the answer, I'm, I do it with my little boy all the time. It's like, really have to bite my lip and, and not just always make it easy for him, but say, well, what do you think? Mm. Well, you know, if you don't know all the answers, what's step one or, you know, and that that's kind of a technique that therapists use a lot, isn't it? That yeah. actually try and draw, like people, people, using questions is really useful in conversation with people. So it sort of draws the answer out of yeah. them rather than you giving them the answer. Probing questions are quite a useful way to kind of start that conversation, but get someone thinking. Yeah, absolutely. That's very good. I like that. Mm. So support people practically is what we're saying and ask Mm. lots of questions. Be nosy. uh, And, you know, find God in whatever's going on, because uh, one thing is for sure, God will always be there. Uh, and regardless of what's going on and as crazy as that might sound because some situations we face are hard and horrible and nasty but God is still with us and finding God in those moments is um, you know sometimes we do need people to help us do that Uh, and I think that's the you know that's the beauty of the church that's the beauty of the Christian community is actually we can get people around us who can help us find God in the the nightmares Um, so yeah no very and Matt uh, crew put in here um, it can be difficult for people who placed on the spectrum to deal with change. Um, so yeah. a grace period is needed. And I think that's very true, actually. Uh, this is the other side of it. Um, so someone from the outside, you know, you're listening to someone talking and you see what's going on mm-hmm. in their life. And in your head, I don't know, again, maybe this is just me. Anna. Uh, in my head, I'm thinking, you are not moving fast enough, but come on. <laughs> Let's speed this up. Why is this taking weeks? We could have resolved this in hours, you know. Um, But again, extending that grace, not everybody learns at the same pace or not everybody sees things at the same pace. And I let's be fair. Let's be frank. I've been very slow to change on occasion. You know, my (laughs) wife will attest to this. Uh, It's taken her a long time to sort out the food which I will actually eat. It is still a process that is uh, actually going through. So, you know. I think that's really right. I mean, it is. Yeah, I mean. Some people do struggle with change more than others. And I don't I don't think it's just about being on the spectrum. It's a personality thing as well. Like mm. some people's people's brains are just wired in different ways, aren't they? Some people want to move, move, move and do things they're real doers and they just get on with stuff. And some people stagnate. Like I'm more of a doer and my husband's, you know, really has to think through things for a long time before he does something and he ponders things for quite a while and it 
can't drive me around the twist. Like, come on, just do it. Do it already. You could have done it by now. But yeah, this is the thing. It's personality and it's the way yeah. God's wired us all differently as well. Yeah. And that's good. We, you know, Scripture talks about um, how there is safety in a multitude of counsellors. Mm. Uh, and so my advice is if you're going through change and transition, don't talk to people just like you. Don't talk to people that are going to give oh, yeah. you the answers that you want to hear. Do you know what I mean? Talk to various different people and see what different things they have to say, uh, because that is that's just super important, super important. Things like I remember, um, I remember when I uh, was looking for a job, right? Uh, when I first started my work career, let's put it that way. The salary was not great. Uh, and so you kind of start looking at other jobs and other roles with a greater salary. And someone said to me, because I was I was looking all over as well. I mean, outside of Liverpool and all that sort of stuff. And they were saying, maybe the first thing you shouldn't think about is a salary of the new role. Maybe the first thing you should think about is, is there a church there that I can serve in if you're going to be moving out of the city? Do you know what I mean? And it's that kind of um, that kind of counsel, which is not how I would think at all, uh, really, really helped me. Uh, and so do speak to people uh, and get the advice of counsellors um, or counsel uh, who who don't think the same way as you do uh, and ask you the, the complex questions because I think that's really handy uh, and really helpful. So, right, I think... Yeah, I think on that bombshell, we'll, we'll, we'll close conversation. The, actually, before I close conversation street, the one thing that I did want to say, I noticed in the comments, you know, when we're talking about New Year's resolutions and we said, just write mm-hmm. down in the comments what it was. Tracy wrote uh, that her New Year's resolution was to finish her criminology degree. And well, that's I thought, a good resolution. I thought that was a very good resolution. And I thought yeah. that was worthy of a mention. So Tracy, we're with you. Finish it off. Yeah. Finish yes. it off. Let us know how you get on. That's awesome. Uh, criminology. I that's not being super easy during these COVID times either. <laughs> being is just a bit of a nightmare at the moment, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Well, it has yeah. been. So, yeah, good luck with that one. Yeah, yeah, What absolutely. was yours, Matt? Did you, did you make one? I forgot to ask. I don't do New Year's resolutions. I'm a bit like no. you. Okay. I, I sort of spend the time thinking about, like everybody, New Year, I think, is a good time. You know, you've got that break just to sort of rethink life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there are... I think there are more course corrections that I make. Do you know what I mean? And and, and I kind of mm-hmm. think, oh, I, maybe that needs to change there or that needs to develop there and we want to do this. And mm-hmm. and I, I do think about stuff like that. And so I'll write stuff down that I think will be good to do and achieve. Mm-hmm. But no, I don't do that whole New Year's resolution thing, I think. One good, one good thing that someone suggested to me a few years ago, and I've, I've done a little bit, is that you can choose like a word or a theme for the year instead of a resolution. Mm-hmm. So like... Um, this year, like I, I thought, uh, I, I definitely wouldn't do a resolution, but I kind of feel like a theme for the year, kind of or a focus of the year, is quite helpful. So I, m- my theme for this year is really to kind of invest in community. Okay. I feel like that's, that's something that's really been lacking the last few years, you know, mm. with the pandemic and everything that's been going on. And um, yeah, I just feel like I want to invest more in people and in community and. Um, just do whatever I can to kind of um, create opportunities for community and bringing people together this year. So, mm. yeah, sometimes that's a useful thing to think about. Like, what's I like that. kind of a word or a theme for the year? Yeah, yeah. yeah I like that a lot. Um, I like that. Very good. And I like your theme too. Mm. So, very good. Uh, John Farrington has put here in the comments, and John is moderating the Crowd Church comments today. So, if you see yeah. John's name uh, on Facebook, 
Um, his, his actual name is on YouTube. He can't, for whatever reason, it's Caminopus Crowdchurch on <laughs> Facebook and, YouTube, uh, and John on YouTube. John uh, is so Crowdchurch. John is Crowdchurch, yeah. It's always been the way, really. Uh, John put here, Matt and Anna, don't do New Year's resolutions, but it's okay if you do. <laughs> That's very true, Matt. Very true, John. Well done. Thank you oh, John, for, for putting that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. I enjoyed that conversation, Anna. Thank you for that. That was great. Uh, and yeah. I hope I hope uh, if you're watching or listening, uh, you got a lot out of that too and started to answer some of the own questions in your head. Next week, what's coming up next week, Anna? We said at the start, why don't you tell the good folks watching what's coming up next week and why yeah. they will want to yeah. come join us? The reason you want to come and join us next week is because I'm speaking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, seriously. And to be fair, you'll be much better than me. So, you know, the quality goes up. So, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm doing a talk next week and it's going to be about how we deal with death and grief and how we find hope in the middle of those hard things. So, yeah, it's I feel like whether it's something that you're going through right now or even if you're not, you'll probably know people who are or you might hit that stage of life at some point. So mm. it's it's a theme that's really worth thinking about. Yeah, it really is. So do come join us for that. I, I see the emails that we get coming in and you can reach out to us uh, through the website, through email or through the WhatsApp you see on the screen. Um, I at the start of the pandemic right all the emails i would say probably about 70 percent of the emails we got talked about sleep um they couldn't people couldn't sleep very anxious very worried yeah. about the pandemic uh more recently i would say 80 percent of the emails that come in are about people that have lost people uh you know yeah. lost loved ones and stuff so um so yeah do come join us for that uh like anna said if that's not you going through that you'll know somebody that is and so um it's going to be a fascinating because you're talking from your personal story aren't you next week yeah, I'm going to share a bit about my story, which is that my husband and I have had multiple uh, pregnancy losses. Um, and also my husband lost his dad to cancer a few years ago as well. Mm. So grief's been quite a big part of our family story in the last few years. So, mm. yeah, I'll be talking a bit about my experience with that as well. Yeah, yeah. So you're definitely going to want to come. And did that, I mean, I don't know if it did, actually. I'm just curious to know the answer. Did that, is that the driving factor behind the book? Um. No, I wrote the book before before all uh, of that happened. But um, okay. yeah, I I mean, I think it's probably helpful for people who are grieving. Mm. You just need to slow down and um, yeah, just reflect on things. But mm. yeah, it came before. So. Okay, fascinating. If you don't know, Anna wrote a book called Sand Between Your Toes. Yeah, shall I show you? I've got it right here, actually. Hold on. Shameless plug. I think you should put your face closer to the camera. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Do check out Anna's book. It is a lovely book, actually. Uh, Very, very good. Very wonderful book. So, yeah, next week we have got Anna. I will be hosting with the fabulous Dan Orange. So he's going to be with us. So you're not going to want to miss it. Next week, 6 p.m. UK, 1 p.m. Eastern, we will live stream again uh the crowd show service thank you so much for joining us this week it's great to be back live it's great to have the comments and the interaction uh it's what we really really enjoy we are going to close out today's service with another worship song oh god be our guide by john frankton who has been in the comments uh thank you john um and yeah this is just a prayer a song god guide us uh be our guide at the start of the year it's good just to say god be our guide as we go through 
uh, with whatever change, with whatever transition, with whatever new beginnings we are facing. So thank you so much for joining us. God bless you wherever you're at. Uh, like I say, if you want to get in touch, do the WhatsApp number. Um, if you've got any prayer requests, a lot of people get in touch uh, with their story or with prayer requests. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, please do so. Uh, it'd be great. So, uh, Anna, any closing words from you? No, just have a great week, everyone. Be blessed. Um, we'll hopefully see you back here next week. Absolutely. Take care. And on that bombshell, I'm just going to echo what Anna said. Awesome. See you later, guys. Bless you. Bye. See you, guys. When you speak, it is a lamp unto my feet. And in perfect peace, your spirit counsels me. You go before me to prepare what I can't see. You search me and know me. You lead me in mercy. Oh God, be our guide, be our say